Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go. This is Elizabeth Glau, Director of Strategy for EGCX Group, and welcome to Making a Marketer. Hi, this is Jen Cole, Community Manager for Social Media Examiner and co-founder of Depict Media, and this is Making a Marketer. Hello, hello. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, and this is episode 35 of Making a Marketer. Super pumped today to be talking about Facebook groups because as we'll learn from our guest, it should be the destination for your fans and members and customers and all that kind of good stuff. So (laughs) our guest today is Bella Vasta. Welcome, Bella. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so glad that we could get you on the show. This is our second to last show of season two, our last long episode. Just real quick before I get into all that, our sponsor today is Powers of Marketing, and we provide strategic marketing development and execution for small to medium-sized businesses. In fact, I recently recommended a Facebook group to someone I did a roundtable to with at an event. So I'm really excited to talk about this. So we're going to talk a little bit about the pet marketing industry, which is also her jam, and then the big topic, optimizing Facebook groups. So I want to give a little intro to Bella. Bella Vasta is the driving force between the one-woman coaching company, Jump Consulting. She has coached pet sitting businesses since 2007 and has published some of the most comprehensive research on relevant industry topics. Bella won the National Pet Sitting Business of the Year Award by 25, built and sold her first company by 30, and her second company by 34. She sold her pet business and now lives out her passion for being a mom and wife while using her business experience to inspire, motivate, and challenge business owners through coaching, consulting, and speaking. And I can attest to that. Very motivating. There's a reason I called her a firecracker in the tweet that I posted earlier today. And she just hit a huge milestone with her own show, Bella In Your Business. 150 episodes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Give us a little quick blurb on what that's about. That show. Uh, uh, the show. Um, well, so while I was growing up, my parents told me so many times to mind my own business that they made an acronym out of it. It was MYOB, and I knew exactly what that meant. So I thought it was very fitting that when I started my own podcast, funny enough, I used to like try to pretend I was on the radio and like make my own mixtapes, like DJ Dan coming for it. Like, <laughs> really funny. I called it Bella in Your Business. And yeah, it predominantly is geared towards, or I use the teaching moments for pet sitters and dog walkers. But in reality, it really appeals across the board. You know, we talk a lot about building business, social media strategy, and also the person that's running it, like you yourself, from relaxing meditation to taking care of yourself, nutrition. But the majority of it is about building your business as an entrepreneur. Fantastic. Definitely everyone should check that out. At the end, we'll give you an opportunity to give everyone the best way to reach you. All right. So we're going to dig right in. Jen, you want to kick us off? Absolutely. So Valley, you work in a really interesting niche, you know, with the pet business and teaching people how to do that. I would love to know how you got started in that. Yeah. So another funny story that goes back to the childhood, I was required to go to college as part of my parents, you know, wants and needs for me because that's 
what good parenting was back then, I guess. So I lived at home and I went to Arizona State University. But my parents are also strict Sicilian parents and I had a curfew. And this curfew really didn't help me make friends, go out karaoke, go on dates, all that other stuff. Because now as a mom, I do understand this, but it was totally ruining my life when I was 20, 21. <laughs> like they wanted to know that I was home safe and sound. And if you're under my roof, you're gonna be home by midnight. But the bars don't even close until one at the time. So that was a big deal. And so when the lady across the street who I babysat for had a friend who traveled for work like four days out of a week, she was a single middle-aged woman and she had two white fluffy dogs. That's all they were to me then. She paid me $25 a day to stay at her house. And at that point I would have paid her. And it was great because I got to go out and do my own thing. And it was like, I was living rent free, like, cause four out of, you know, seven days. So I really liked it. It was very selfishly motivated. It wasn't because I loved the pets. I'm always very honest about that. It was, they were a means to my college ends there. But uh, as I went through my college years, I started getting more and more clients and I started really loving the marketing side of it. I didn't realize that until much later, but I love the marketing side of it, the networking, the building relationships. And of course, it just kind of grew like wildfire and had all these clients. So when I graduated from Arizona State in five years, it took me for a human communication degree because it had the least amount of math. Right. My parents were, you know, you need to get a real job. You need to get health insurance. You need, you know, all that stuff that responsible parents want for their responsible children, right? Sure. And here I am just like, you know, crying many times throughout it saying, I don't care. I'm quitting college. This stuff is stupid. I'll go work at McDonald's. I'll make it work. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh man, my poor parents. So I grew it and I, I just said I was going to do it. And for a while it was, it was pretty tough. I lived like a gypsy. I had a massive suitcase with like workout clothes and salsa dancing clothes. Cause I used to salsa dance at night. Ooh. And then regular pet sitting clothes. And then I had like a couple of like grocery bags full of like non-perishables, like and back then, when you're in your early 20s, you can eat like, you know, it's peanut butter and jelly and yeah, <laughs> right, right. peanut butter and jelly and like potatoes for dinner and Dumb. like potatoes and all this stuff. Yeah. So I like literally just kind of went from house to house. And if I didn't have a house to go to, I would go back to my parents' house. And cool. it was just, it was funny. So that's how it all started. But then I shortly realized that I need to kind of make it a business and that I had made a job for myself. So what I did is I got an opportunity to go to Jamaica on an all expenses paid trip. And it was during our most busiest month. It's July when it's like 120 here in Arizona and everyone wants to get out. So of course, pet sitting was a very like, you know, big deal. So I got an independent contractor at the time and I went to Jamaica and I came home and I knew independent contractor wasn't the right classification. So I got employees and I just started hiring. And then I just started wow. like really making a name for myself on the national level. Everything I was doing locally, I started doing online. And back then in 2007, I mean, businesses really didn't have a Facebook page. There were no apps out there. I mean, like it sounds so long ago, but it really wasn't, you know? And so I started ap applying for different things and joining national committees on national associations. I created my own national association at one point, And that's how I got the notoriety. And then started coaching because people started reaching out and asking, how can I do what you do? And I realized, and this is the end of the story now, I realized that when I was talking to these people, it was so flipping exciting. I felt like I was high on life. It was like a drug. Like I wanted more of it. When I can get this excited, like as I am with you ladies right now and pour into someone and then 
actually see them succeed and be like, oh my God, it worked. I'm like, no kidding. It worked. I'm not going to you know, tell you something doesn't work. It was <laughs> just like, it was a drug. It was, I want more. How could I get more? And then that's how Jen, it all started on the other stuff. That was like my old life, the pet sitting. And now it's, you know, become what I do now. That is amazing. I'm so glad that I asked that question. It's cool to know that story, Bella. How inspiring. Thanks. Backstory. Yeah. Salsa dancing too. Yeah, Jen, I saw Jen perk up when you said that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love my salsa. So the pet industry is huge. And it's interesting because I have a friend who owns a dog wash business uh, around the corner in my neighborhood here. And we were talking last night about SuperZoo. Have you spoken at SuperZoo? It seems like that would be like your jam. Like your, that's your place. You know, it's kind of funny because to answer your question, no. And I'll just be real and transparent here. You know, I look at my speaking now more as as a business. And I did apply, you know, when I first was just trying to get on stages just to get notoriety and get like the videos and such. But I know, I mean, I would love to speak for a fee at SuperZoo if they would have me. But currently, no, it's not on my resume. But there's some other really cool places that are. Truth. Well, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Seen you there. But yeah, no, I just, and strangely enough, the company marketing design group that helps them run SuperZoo is across the street from my friend's place. Yeah. In the neighborhood. Yeah. So That's was, amazing. Yeah. So well, maybe I, you can like knock on their door and be like, yo, why haven't you paid her to speak yet? <laughs> I could actually introduce you to the co-owner of the company. That would be amazing. Okay. And there you have it, marketers. This is yeah. the way networking and marketing happens. Yeah. Well, and events are my thing. So my mind always ties anything that talking about in regards to marketing to an event. It's just kind of how my brain works. Love it. Yeah. So that wasn't actually my, my question is the, what, what would you say is the number one miss with regards to marketing owners of pet services in that industry? What do you think that, what do you think the thing is that they are missing the most? Oh gosh. Only one. <laughs> you can do um, <laughs> And I want to clarify this by saying this is, I think in every industry. Okay. So not just the pet industry, but I think a lot of marketeers I am. I'm just going to make you a whole list. I think a lot of marketeers think that everyone cares about them and they don't. And they miss the mark on talking about people's problems instead of what their list of menu services are. I also think that while people think and believe, a lot of business owners believe that price is the differentiator, they don't understand that the actual customer experience and the way that they get pushed through the quote unquote funnel or from like, I'm a prospect to I'm signing up with you, a client, you know, what does that process look like? Because I think a lot of business owners have made a convoluted sales process where you have to stop the process and you have to wait for a reply or you have to, you can't sign up yet, or you can't purchase yet, or something isn't flowing or working, or there's just, you know, all of that right there is so much of the marketing thing because people will say marketing doesn't work, but they might've got them in the door but then there was no one there to greet them, give them a chair to sit in and feed them drinks and like milk and cookies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like you got to really think about it on a global scale. Like it's an ecosystem. It's not like a little cave all by itself in a land of its own, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. So Bella, if I was going to start my own pet sitting business tomorrow, what would you like? What's your biggest piece of advice for someone like me who's who's just wanting to start? 
I would honestly say, know where you're going. Like, what's your end goal? I just got off the phone with a gal who she came to me saying that she wanted to have employees and she wanted to know the legalities of employees. But in actuality, she hasn't even had a website yet. And she was just using a Facebook page. And I was like, girlfriend, you need a storefront first. And then we need to get you your SOPs and we need to get you a software system so that when you get to employees, you're not writing it all down hand in paper. So I think that now, if she said that she just wanted to make this money on the side, she was retired. She has no, no desire to build a business as an asset that she can sell in a couple of years. She just wanted to make a couple of side money, you know, which she probably wouldn't be coming to me, but then I would give her a whole completely different thing. So to answer your question, Elizabeth, it would be, where are you going? because I'm a big believer in reverse engineering stuff. Otherwise you're spinning your wheels and you're taking a lot of left turns, which means you're going in circles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So Bella, what is your typical process for onboarding new clients? Is there initially kind of a system that you go through with them and, and how do you onboard them? So I don't really actually have any clients, like one-on-one clients anymore. I used to do a lot of consulting like that. The example I gave was like, I do 20-minute consults like for free. And it's more so to just to be able to have that personal touch time. It's not paid. My model is more, I have a mastermind now where people pay a monthly fee to be a part of it. And we have different topic. This month is delegation. Last month was sales. The month next will be social media. So, you know, that's a little bit of a different nurture campaign and sequence. And we have a cold, warm and hot audience, uh, depending on where they are in the funnel, if they're a starter, builder, scaler in their business. You know, I want to bring all of what I have to as many people as possible. And it's just not sustainable. I mean, talking about what we were just talking about a minute ago, as a coach and a consultant, I think it's really important that you do your time, so to speak, where you do do a lot of that time for money and it's one hour here, you know, you're exchanging, but you're going to start to understand patterns and you're going to uniquely understand all of the questions and the challenges. And you can easily come up with better solutions for your followers in a more one to the many masses with ways to, you know, also personally connect with them. I do this through Facebook groups. That mastermind is a Facebook group. A couple months ago, I had a, a webinar and then I opened up a Facebook group for like two month, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm there to like answer their question, but that pop-up group, what I call it, right. goes away. And then I also have an upsell when I'm in there. Like, hey guys, you like this so much. So now I'm not sitting here for an hour on the phone with just you, Jen. Mm-hmm. I get to be here with all of you. And I think there's a lot of power that comes from that in groups and when you're, when you're a consultant and you're doing one too many, because sometimes Jen, we don't know the question to ask. That's true. But you learn from what Megan or Elizabeth asked, right? And there's just that synergy that starts. Yes. I love it. That is awesome. Bella. Man, you really have this figured out. It's so cool. <laughs> I just, I don't have everything figured out. But thank <laughs> you do in my eyes, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Queenie. Love you too. Yeah, superstar. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk brand voice for, for a second, how, and in this, and you can talk about this since you, what you're doing now is a little bit different, although you're, I'm sure you're talking branding in those groups. How do you t- coach them on adopting their own brand voice and branding for their business? Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think you got to spend some time in the trenches to figure out how that stuff happens and it happens organically. 
you can plan a brand, I think, but you have to allow a big chunk, I believe, for the organic to happen. You know, like I'm sure Gaga didn't just come out one day and say, I'm going to call you my monsters. I'm going to, you know, like it, it happened somehow. Jen and me and the Queenies, you know, that just kind of happened. And now we're known as the Queenies everywhere. With my, my talks that I'm giving a lot right now about Facebook groups, I started this thing, you guys were in the audience, the whole be the destination. And it's kind of a universal theme. It, the whole premise is don't be a drive-by, which means like, you know, a scroll through on Facebook, be the destination. I'm going to go to the bathroom and I know you're going to pull out your phone. So let's go see what's going out in this group because I mean, that's real life. You guys, we don't want to admit it publicly. <laughs> I have no shame in my game. And so <laughs> I even, so we're going to Lima next week and, and we got these awesome stickers designed that say be the destination. And I got 500 of them made. So I'm taking a page from Fanzo's book about, yeah. you know, press the damn button. That's right. And I'm stickering the place up. And yeah, Jen has that on her water bottle right now. That's um, awesome. So I think, I think that your brand evolves. I think you can start out by saying, these are my brand colors. This is my brand style. And you can have all of that structural stuff taken care of, right? You can get a brand guide. You can say, actually, this is something I was telling the mastermind just last week about more about company culture and giving consistency in from your walkers, like when they're sending messages to the clients all the time, like what five or 10 emojis does your business use and known for, you know, there's dogs and cats in these emojis, and maybe there's certain hearts and that, that heart is one that the whole, I mean, it sounds so little, but all of it goes into, I feel like the experience of the brand. So for me, and I'm sure you all have a different opinion too. I think that there's a little structure to it, but you also have to really give a lot of value to the organic growth of the brand. And what does your whole following see you as as well? Like they have a say in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's an evolution, right? Yeah. It's a good word. Great word. Yeah. So but yeah, well, the perception, the perception of your brand is just as important as what you, yes. what you think is. Yeah. But consistency is good too. So it should evolve, but not steer so far from, from where you started. Cause then you're going to, you're going to steer people away too. Right. Yeah. Like I couldn't get away with saying that like, Oh, I'm that sweet, innocent girl next door. And I'm just so <laughs> like, I am not Jen Watson. Okay. Jennifer <laughs> Watson. I love her so much or Jennifer asked. I don't know which one to call her, but she is the social media manager for Agora Pulse. Now she's also one of the queenies. And I admire her so much because she is just such a bright light of sunshine. And I wish I could be like that, but I'm not, I'm abrasive. I'm brash. I'm in your face. I forgot the sugar for the sugar coating. And, and, You're a firecracker. And, and the firecracker, as you said, you know, but you have to embrace that too. And you just have to own it. And that's be your top bad. emoji. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start using the firecracker. Yeah, you should totally start using it. I, I think it fits. I know, right? No. New emojis all the time. Yeah. So Bella, what kind of content do you think, and I know this is a big question, but what kind of content do you think people should be utilizing? Like which platforms should they be present on? I think that whichever one you feel the path of least resistance and that you feel the most comfortable combined with where are your people? So to figure out where your people are, I do definitely believe in testing, testing everything. You need data. You cannot make decisions based off of what you feel. You need to make decisions for your business based off of 
the data, the, the logic. So I would encourage you for, you know, three months, make a commitment, pick two or three platforms, have your content that you produce. We produce two new articles a month. Okay. And transcribe that or translate it, you know, one way you would do it on IG story and an IG post, one way you would do it on Facebook, one way you would do it on YouTube or Twitter, right? See where you're getting the most engagement the whole time. You can use things like Agora Pulse and you can kind of help track that, you know, and you can say, wow, this is really picking up a lot of traction on Facebook and there's lots of numbers there, but there's not a lot of engagement on Twitter, but I made two sales off of the Twitter people. So maybe it's not even a, a question of a popularity contest, but what are your goal? Is your goal a popularity contest or is your goal a uh, sales and revenue at the end of the day, you know? And sometimes right. I think people lose sight of that. So again, it kind of depends on your goals. I would say test it. I would say don't go someplace you're not comfortable because it's going to show through and you're going to procrastinate it and you're not going to do it and it's going to be crappy work. So that's what I would say. Awesome. Okay. So we're about midway and we have a thing we're doing. We do a little brain break in the middle. So since it's summer, usually it's related. We're doing a, we're doing a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing. So I want everyone to share real quick what their, I want to know about summer vacation plans. So where everyone is, is headed. Bella, what do you, what do you have going on this summer? Well, I just got back from San Diego. I did a solo trip out there, which was really fun. And then a lot of it's kind of for work, but I'll be in Lima, Ohio next week. The week after that, I'll be back in San Diego to speak at Social Media San Diego Day. I have like 14 people coming here to Arizona in July for a retreat that I'm hosting at a mansion. And then in August, I'll be in Connecticut. And I guess that's the end of the summer. But it's not really like a summer vacation, but in a way, I mean, like next week, I'm so excited about Lima. It's like summer camp, social media summer camp. Like oh. we're going to have so much fun. I'm yeah. sorry you guys aren't going to be yeah. there. But, like, <laughs> but I'll see like, you at social media uh, San Diego since... Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Jen, what about you? Well, I will be seeing Bella next week in Lima, Ohio. We get in on Monday and that's going to be really fun. And then I have a little weekend trip planned in Oklahoma City the following weekend, which is next weekend. Then I'm out to Virginia Beach to speak at the National Dance Society Conference about 10 ways to dominate on social media and to get to see my daughter. And yeah, we're going to go dominate. And then I'm going to go to Denver in July. And then Megan, I'm going to be in San Diego in August. And we'll talk about that later. All right. All right. Well, I hope that there's some actual vacation in here. I know you're having a vacation. Vacation is different than conference work trips. Denver's the vacation here. Okay, good. Yeah. For some of us. For some of us. (laughs) For most of us, it's kind of a blurred line, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, Jen, I'll be in Denver at the end of June through like first of July, like through July fourth, whatever. So we'll have to compare oh, our dates for we're that. We're gonna miss we'll each other. Miss each other again. Like, again, we always miss each other with Jen and I. But I'm in Denver a lot. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna do a little. I think I'm gonna. Do, well, I know I'm gonna do a little solo trip in New York City at the end of July. So I think that's going to be like, I'll, you know, obviously work while I'm there, but we'll just call that my uh, summer vacation. What about you, Megan? I'm going to Puerto Vallarta for a week. 
had four friends trying 50 this year and there's 56 of us who are going to be moly. staying in two villas. Like, what? <laughs> I want to go. Fifty-six in two villas. Those villas must be huge. They are. Yeah. Wow. Even some of the people in the second villa even get their own room or like, you know, couples get their own room. So what? Awesome. I'm in a room with three other people, but whatever, I don't care. So that'll be fun. And then I have a huge family and I'm, I have a niece with a daughter. So I have a grandniece in Seattle who I have not met yet. And Seattle is my last West Coast ballpark that I haven't seen yet. So Yay. I'm, yeah, I'm going to visit my, my nieces and, and the Padres are in Seattle and I'm going to get yeah. my fifth ballpark. Get it girl. Perfect. That's awesome. Wow. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I mean, I, I'm like super excited to see Nora, little Nora May. <laughs> but the fact that the that it worked out, they're there during the week, and my nephew's uh, weekend is Tuesday, Wednesday. It just worked out really nicely, so uh, I'm excited. Awesome. All right, so That's this awesome. is going to kick off our second half. Back to business. I want Bella in my business a little bit more. So, Bella, what is important for brands to include when they're mapping out their Facebook group strategy? And I'm actually kind of curious. I know this isn't a super new feature, but I'm curious what you think about brands interacting in groups as their pages. Does that make sense? Am I phrasing that right? Yeah, I completely understand. So I think there's a time and a place. And the answer is it depends. So a way that I think it works really well is I obviously have like a VA that helps me do stuff. And I have a public figure page, Bella Vasta. So if I'm interacting in my Facebook group as Bella Vasta, I don't think that's as bad as if I was to be interacting as jump consulting and hiding behind a logo, right? So I think that a lot of brands, like there's a time and place. Like if you're sharing a piece of content that you created from your page into your group, or you wanted to just spark a conversation and you just wanted to post it, then I, I think that's all right. But I think it's also equally important to have admins that have a face and a name that your community can feel like they can like get to know. And I have yet to really see or hear of a great example of where I feel like it's natural or it's okay to have pages join groups. So you can run your group as the page, right? But you can also join, you can turn that feature on and off to allow pages to join. And I know some people don't want to put their personal profile and they want to have their business page in there talking, but I don't know. I really kind of feel like it's an oxymoron because the reason why we're in yeah. groups is to engage and connect with people, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think just the icon alone, right? Having to be a logo instead of a face, like that just kind of ruins it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like on the Twitter Smarter Chat this morning, there's someone in there from a university who, like, I was in there as making a marketer, which I don't always do. I just do that on occasion just to give us a little exposure. But I said up front that it was me. And yeah. Jen, every time she is community managing for a social media examiner, she puts that it's Jen. And so... Yeah, she does. Nice touch. Or Eric, too. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think uh, that uh, happens more on pages or something or like in a public forum and less in groups, though. I think. Yeah. Like Eric and any of the admins, like Ali, like in social media society, they interact as themselves. But when they're on the Facebook page, when they're in the front yard, they do sign it, which is nice because you know who's saying stuff, you know? 
Right. I, you know, I love your, your concept about the pop-up groups. This is something that I'm seeing more and more because I'm paying more and more attention now that, you know, I've seen Amanda do it and I've seen you do it, but what originally gave you this idea? This, this is, this is a really cool original idea. And I, I just, I love it. I don't know if I can take the responsibility for it being my original idea. However, in 2017, I lost a lot of weight working out every morning for 30 minutes with Beachbody. And I had a group of 12 women in there. And then I got a group of 12 women, which all happened to be like pet sitters and dog walkers. And we ran it in like, it was a 21 day cycle. It was the program that was 21 days. And we did it for like 30 days at a time. But what we did is we almost like recommitted every time and we kept opening a new group every cycle. And through that, I saw just how with like a short-term goal and accountability and Mm -hmm. daily Mm check-ins, it really helped a lot of us, you know, stay accountable and, and also join a community and share recipes or share, have funny challenges in the middle of the day. Like who can do the most amount of squats in one minute, you have to film yourself and post it here. The person that wins just gets bragging rights, you know? So cool. So I took those different concepts and I used them in my mastermind. So in my mastermind, we have challenges that we throw out challenges, business challenges to go and do. Or once a month we have, I call it the big hairy goal. And I was like, what's something you want to get done this week? And tell me what you're going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get that accomplished. And then every day you have to reply back on camera, a video comment to get your point. And we tally it up and then we give people like Amazon gift cards, which are easy to send through email. So it's like those concepts, I just saw how great they were. And then I, I also see how like, it just really motivated and, and, and infused the group with this excitement, you know, and the pop-up group for an entrepreneur or a consultant or a business or a brand is really awesome because you're not having to commit to something forever. So again, going back to start with the end is in mind, we're actually planning a couple more webinars this, this year, and we're going to have groups on the back end of it. Or my first webinar this, this year, we had a ton of people watching it. And we got a ton of emails, but I didn't have a group on the back end of it. And therefore my upsell was only once on that webinar and not like after building a little bit more relationships or getting a little bit more personal with them in a group where they normally wouldn't have been in. And then we did one with a group on the back end and I was able to, you know, generate three grand for my business with three sales in seven days after that one webinar. And it wasn't, it was just like those upsells. So I think is they're great for so many reasons. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, so I want to dive a little bit deeper into the be the destination thing. So for those who weren't at her session at social media marketing world, she had cheering sections and everyone was, was was amazing destination. And I've never experienced that in a session. So that was wicked cool. Can you just dive a little bit deeper into that? The concept of that having a, a group be a destination versus a page that just posts and hope that they will come. Yeah. So my whole analogy here starts off with the vision of your home, like your front yard, people drive by the front yards, right? They don't actually pay attention to what's going on. You might see a scarecrow or a pumpkin or a Christmas tree or something out front. It's, it's that person's voice out to the world. It's like a one way communication, right? We don't actually expect people to walk up on our lawn and like, go look at your decorations or like, add one themselves. Like that would be really weird. Right. And 
on the same token, we don't have barbecues in the front on our front lawn and we don't like go get burgers out to everyone walking by. Right. It's that's like the public. The backyard is where we have typically a gate. You invite certain people back there for a certain reason. Usually it's a kid's birthday. It's a barbecue. It's a reunion. It's a whatever you want pool party. And when they get back there, you are not having them all sit in chairs and you're just talking to them. That's what you would do in the front yard. Back in the backyard, you're actually getting that engagement. I'm introducing Jen to Elizabeth and I'm saying, hey, you guys are two marketers. You would really get along. Let's talk. And then you guys might do it. I might bow out a little bit. Then I see Megan and she's over at the grill with Chris Strub. And I know that they love baseball and, and all these like, you know, stadiums that they get to go to. And I might like, you know, introduce them in that way. And then I'm kind of backing out, but I'm what I, my job is to make sure that everyone back there is having a great time, that there's a lot of different elements going on back there and that I am keeping the party going. If that, if the Wi-Fi goes out, I'm getting the music back on. I'm making sure that your drinks are filled or that I have ice on hand. You know what I mean? Like I am there to provide that for you. And the solar man is not just because the solar panel man knocks on my front door. Doesn't mean he's coming around to my back door and saying, Hey, you want solar panels or walking back in the middle of my party and starting to pitch his brand. Like that also would be really weird. Right. But for some reason, people think they can do that in Facebook groups and it's just so wrong. (laughs) Like, Don't do it. Be the destination. What I mean is like, Last week, my neighbor and, you know, vegans out there are going to hate this. So cover your earbuds for 10 seconds. He roasted a pig and he had this big luau and he had it for a while. Like we all knew about it. And it was this big thing leading up. So you come, you see all these cars on the street. They're all on the front side. Right. But we know there's a party going on back there. We know that there's music and there's free drinks and there's food and all this fun stuff. And I know that I was invited and I could go back there. I knew that was the destination. That's where I was going. And all those other party goers, they went all the way through our neighborhood right to that one destination. They weren't just driving by in their car wondering, Hmm, whose house can I go to? Or, or something like that, you know? And it's the same way online. We get on our phone and we just start scrolling and it's a mindless, endless scroll. That's why Instagram is so great because you're supposed to scroll. But on Facebook, everyone's trying to like beat the logarithm and, oh my gosh, how can I get people to stop the scroll? And it's not about competing with the scroll. It's about having that, that, that mindset that when I pick up my phone to go on Facebook, I want to know what's going on in the social media society. I want to know what's going on in Baby Got Bought. I know that something new came out on Instagram. I'm going to jump into Jen's trends where she's the Instagram queen and she's going to know what's going on. They're valuable. So I think I got a little excited. Yeah, that was perfect. (laughs) I love that analogy so much. Even the, you know, the front yard back, like kind of the access to it. But honestly, the piece where you're talking about being a good hostess, like you really kind of describe how much work it takes. And I love that you're still in that analogy, right? But you're kind of saying like, hey, it's a lot of work to actually you know, do this. So what? So my question is, what, what do you think is like the most important thing for people to remember when they are trying to build that vibrant and engaged uh, group? Yeah. So if you want the party that everyone's talking about, it takes planning. Like I said, my neighbor invited us there weeks ahead. Like I knew that was happening. I knew what to expect. And when I got there, I knew what was going on. So you have to have a strategy. 
And you should not ever start a group just because I'm telling you groups are awesome. You should not start a group because it's like the newest thing. And Facebook said that they're growing groups from 400 million to 1 billion by 2020. You should not start a group because Facebook groups now have their own newsfeed. <laughs> you should start a group because you have a strategic desire to create a tighter more intimate community around whatever your brand is doing. And it doesn't always have to be around your products or your services. There's multitude of ways that things are being used. When you're going to start a group, you need, again, I'm going to say it the third time on this podcast, you guys. So hopefully listeners, like you're getting this, you're thinking ahead, know where you're going with it. What kind of party are you having? Are you having a kid's party because you need to go to the dollar store and you need to get the decorations and you need to have Otter Pops on hand? Are you having a frat party or a pool party or like a singles party? Then you need to get out those skinny little bikinis and you need to get those unicorns and throw them in the pool and have a keg, you know? Like you need to come with the right things like for the party. You need to be prepared. You need to have the supplies and you need to have your suppliers, which very easily, if we continue this analogy, could be people like yourself all coming in as guests to my group to add some flavor to it, right? Oh, I'm getting excited. (laughs) I love it. It's awesome. You are on fire, girl. Firecracker. (laughs) Bella, there's a time and place for everything. But when Julie and I are talking to our clients, and a lot of the time we're trying to preach Facebook Live and we're trying to preach community, And we get a lot of excuses like, oh, this isn't our place. We don't know what we're going to talk about on a Facebook Live. So what would you say to these individuals or these brands who are like, I don't see any benefit in us having a Facebook group. Why should we have a Facebook group? What would you tell them? Okay. Don't have a Facebook group. Cool. I mean, for real, I'd be like, so what are your goals again? Your exact goals. Your goals are to get a buzz going, to get a following going, to create those rabid fans, to to be able to have a focus group, to be able to know exactly what you want, to get engagement because you ain't getting engagement on your page. If those truly are your goals, this is the delivery method for it. Absolutely. And I've got a happy surprise for you. We can have Amazon Prime deliver all the shit to our house. Oh, sorry. We, you know... Like you don't have to necessarily go to the store and get it all. What I mean is you can pre-plan that. You can put it on, like, you know, you can schedule your posts. You can schedule your guests. I have my guests scheduled out for four months right now in my group. I've got my content topics planned out. This is stuff that you can front load and batch. So if your goal is to not have to do something every single day, then sit down with Jen and Julie and sit there and actually plan out what you want to do each month, each week, whatever it might be. And then if you don't want to do it, then hire someone like Jen and Julie or somebody to go in and just respond to people and keep engagement going and keep the flow going, you know? Right. The frame of the backyard, the frame of the house, done and then let an interior designer come in and move things around. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That's really cool, Bella. You guys, your analogies are just the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I talked to a woman recently who at the social media roundtable that I mentioned earlier, and she said, so somehow she's got this multicultural association that, and somehow she's managed to amass the 5,000 of these people on her personal Facebook page. And so she was trying to figure out like 
how to transition how to transition them from there to a business page. And so then we kind of got to talking about, and it hit me, I was like, you should have a group. And then I started giving her all of the benefits of, of groups versus a, a business page and her light bulb just went off. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to circle back with her and see if she, see if she actually did it. Because obviously, if you don't know by now, listeners, how valuable the backyard is and then the hostess. So there's lots of ways to be successful at building communities via these groups. And we've kind of covered a list a little bit, but what are some of the things that we can do wrong that might turn off an audience? Yeah. So don't invite people in your backyard or your group and then go inside and take a nap. I mean, you need to stay like out there. You need to be there. You need to be introducing people. You need to be filling up drinks. You need to be making sure the grill is still going. You need to be making sure that that gate is still closed and like, you know, weird people aren't coming in. There is that security side to it. You want to make sure that you do have food, which means you do have content. You do have a plan. They know what to expect when they're in your group. A lot of people, they just kind of like throw things up against the wall and see what sticks or they, they wait for their members to do the talking. And, you know, it's just like at the beginning of a party. I'm going to keep talking about this backyard. When you first start with just a few people, it's just that few people and you're talking with them, right? It's the four of you, right? But as that group grows and grows and grows, and we actually talked, Elizabeth, I met her at social media marketing world at a pre-party, but it was at the very beginning kind of before everybody came. And then there was tons of people (laughs) And I escaped my memory that I've already met her. I felt like a big dummy. I'm very sorry. But that's what happens. Like you start talking with a couple people and then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. So when you're in a group, you need to know that like, it's going to take a lot to like get that started. But your eventual goal is to have the group really be like the lifeline, like talking and doing stuff. And if you, if you've created the environment where there's a safe place to do that and they feel like they belong and they feel like they can ask anything at all. I mean, social media society is a great example of that. People feel like they can ask anything in there and they do. And it, and it really helps the camaraderie of the group. So So make sure that you're being good hostess. That's really what it comes down to. And by that, it means making sure that you have content and that you've planned it. That's really the easiest thing. Those three things. It's, it's this, you're you're making me come up with another trifecta here. No, no. I, and I think too, having co-hosts isn't a bad idea, right? Depending on how big, human, human group, Brian Kramer and Courtney Kramer's group, they have Mia Voss, they have other people in there who are, you know, also starting conversations and they've taken on that role of co-host for the party <laughs> in the <Yeah>. background. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have. And, yeah. and that's such a good example because it's their group, but it's also helped run by, they, they basically kind of participate and their managers are the ones that are sparking the conversations and the discussions a lot of the time. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Super smart. Okay. So we are winding down, but I would like to know uh, if you have, I'd like to always ask our guests what you're hot on these days in terms of technology, gadgets, apps. Do you have something that you, it doesn't have to be new, but you have, if it's new, that's cool. Uh, something that you're using that you just think everyone should know about? Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to interview the founder of this app. It's called brain.fm, B-R-A-I-N.fm. And it is the coolest app. I actually use it every single night to sleep. It is scientifically created and proven. 
that what it does is it lights up the right brain waves in your head and puts you right to sleep. There's also uh, one that's called focus and you can put it on for like half hour, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And when I want to focus on my computer and I want to actually get shit done, that's what I use too. And it, it really is, it kind of puts you in this trance, but they're different kind of musics. There's another one for relax that like comes in 15 or 30 minute increments. And there's another one that does, I don't know, they're coming out with a workout one, which I'm like, if you can get me to work out, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so it's called brain.fm. You can okay. get it on, um, on your device, any device or your, your desktop. You can get five free, like five free sessions, if you will. And then it's like 70 bucks for the year or something, which is so worth it to me. Cause I, I'm not kidding. I, I use it to fall asleep every night and it, it prevents my brain from like thinking about 12,000 other things. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can see, I can see you running high, <laughs> like late into the evening. Yeah. <laughs> and that's me too. I might, I might, I, my brain works better at night. Yeah. And so I am up to like last night, I was almost two o'clock. I'm like, I, I should probably go to bed because uh, you know, but I just, I have to force myself to go to sleep. So that sounds like something I could use. Totally try it. Let me know how you like it. Let me know in San Diego. Okay. We'll do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to make a plan to hang out after the, after the conference with Fanzo and everybody. All right. So now tell our listeners what's the best way to reach Bella. Okay. So I would love to see you in my Facebook group. Join my community. Okay. I want to hear what you took away from this podcast, um, you can get there and you can steal this idea too by going to bellavasta.com forward slash group. So it's singular, bellavasta, V like in Victor, asta.com forward slash group. And that will redirect you directly to my Facebook group. A little ninja tip, you always want to do that and have a URL redirecting because then people don't have to go search for it. So if I was like, oh, go find the magnet marketers group, then I have to go to Facebook, then I have to pull it up. And then is it the page? Is it the group? Is this the, really the group? Oh, look, there's a notification. Oh, my dog's barking. Oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> this way, you go straight to it. <laughs> you answer my three simple questions and you come on in my backyard and join the party. Awesome. I love it. Fabulous. All right, Anne, if you want her to speak, you can get her that way too. Bellavasta.com. You want her, you want her speaking at at whatever event it is. You want her there because she's firecracker. (laughs) Thank you, Megan. (laughs) All right. So thank you so much, Bella, for joining us. Uh, This has been episode 35 of Making a Marketer. And we will catch you next time.